excited about our time together this morning. I feel like for literally months, uh, this has been coming together in my spirit. And so I've never, I've never really preached this before. I've never really shared it with anyone else. For, so for the first time, I'm going to share it with you. And I hope that your hearts are open to receive. Now, <clears throat> when I pray, I walk. So I probably, I walk a lot uh, when I pray because I'm just a walker. And when I preach, I'm a walker. I just, it's not that I'm nervous, it's just who I am. So what I'm going to try to do this morning is going to totally take me out of my comfort zone. I don't even know if I can do it. It's very doubtful. So. David, every time I get up today, I got to give, I'm not got, but I'm going to give missions a dollar. So would you keep track of how many times I get up? Because I'll give missions a dollar for every time I get up. Because I already know this is totally what I'm about to try to do is going to totally and completely get me out of my comfort zone. But every time I get up, I'm going to give a dollar to missions. I want to talk today and I want to share out of my spirit on this subject, how to be seated. And then I want to talk about how to stay seated. And I'm going to try to do both. And Lord, help me. You can be seated. Now, we, we know how to be seated at a table because for the longest time, all we could do, all pleasure we could get was eating because everything else was sin. That's why we have healthy Pentecostals, because that's all they could do. So we know how to sit at a table. And we know how to sit in a church pew. We're all doing it right now. And over the past 100 years, this church has had some good church. So we know how to sit in a church pew. I don't think that we truly understand what it means to be seated with Christ. I hope they put on the screen Ephesians chapter 2 and let's start with verse 4. Can you see it? But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. This is the New Living Translation. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. In italics, it says, it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. And then it goes on for, he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and here's the key, and seated us with him in heavenly rims or heavenly places because we are united with Christ. Go back and look at the tree over here to my left and your right. When the branch stays united to the vine, fruit organically happens. Correct? So, as a believer, God doesn't want you to see yourself as just a worker bee in the kingdom. As a believer, God doesn't want you just to see yourself as a servant 
As a believer, God doesn't want you to just see yourself as a warrior in the kingdom. So, pastor, how does God want me to see myself? On the screen, they're going to put the gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 15. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Here's what Jesus tells his disciples. No longer do I call you slaves. Because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my. Since I have told you everything. That the father told me. So how does God see you now? As his. Friend, do you agree with that? Okay. I think if you go down to the next verse, maybe verse 16, if that's on there, it says, you didn't choose me. Can we get verse 16 up? Well, here's what it says. You did not choose me. I chose you. And it goes on to say, and I appointed you. I looked that word up. What does appointed mean? It means to decide. I decided for you that your life would produce much fruit. So I want you to understand what this verse is saying. He chose you. I know that we say, I found God. And I understand what you meant. But that's really not technically correct. What's really correct is God found you. Because you were lost. He's never been lost. He found you. What is scripturally correct is that he chose you. He ordained you before the foundation of the world. He decided that you were going to be his friend. And he wants you to produce a whole lot of fruit. Now, I know that it's very hard, brothers and sisters, for us to wrap our mind around the fact that God chose us. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to be more than servants and worker bees and warriors. He wants us to be his friends. And he not only wants us to be his friends, but according to scripture that we just read in Ephesians 2, we are seated with him in the heavenly realm. Now, If you have a good friend, and I hope that you do, if you have a good friend, have you ever said, well, it's my duty to go hang out with my friend. I really don't want to do it, but it's just my duty. I hung out with a friend the other day that goes to this church. He's my friend, and we hung out almost all day. Almost. I didn't feel like it was my duty. I didn't get tired. We talked about all kinds of things. How many has ever talked on the phone for a full hour with a friend? How many has ever spent a full day with a friend? How many has ever looked at your husband, your wife, or your parents and said, Hey, if you don't mind, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. How many of you have ever said, well, it's just my duty. You delighted to go do this, correct? When we get the proper understanding of how God sees us, it won't be, I got to go pray and I got to go to church and I don't have a clue what I'm going to say. 
It's going to be good morning, Jesus. I'm excited to be with you. I'm going to sip my cup of coffee. And me and you are fixing to have a really good conversation. Because I am seated with Christ. And he doesn't see me in my faults. Oh, I'm about to stand up. Or my flaws. Or my stupidity. He sees me covered in the blood. He sees me. As faultless, blameless, he has chosen to forget all of my sins. Not that he forgets anything, he chose to forget them. And he sees me now covered in his righteousness, sanctified by his spirit, designed by purpose to be an ambassador in his world. To be his hands and his feet. And I'm going to get my daily bread from my friend. And he's going to talk to me and let me know what he wants me to do today upon the earth as his body. Can I get a witness? You know what? You know what? It saddens me. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. My heart is saddened when I look across the landscape of Christianity and I see very little joy. For most, most of you sweet people, you're saved, okay? You're going to go to heaven. I believe that. But there's very little joy in most Christians. They don't have joy in praying. They see it as a duty. They don't have joy in coming to church. It's something they check off the list on a Sunday morning because they feel bad if they don't come because they went to the ball game on Saturday. They don't see God as a friendship, they see master-slave, employer-employee, God as a genie, and a vending machine. But it's not a relationship. It's what would grandma think if I got out of church. And that's not the way God wants you to see him. And it saddens me that there is such little joy now, I'm going to just tell you what I think. I may be wrong as the day is long. But especially for this group in here, I think that it has stopped becoming about relationship and it's all about the rules. And we don't have relationship with a friend. We got rules handed down to us from well-meaning, well-meaning people. And I may be wrong, and I probably am. But I don't think most Christians sit in this seat and think I'm a friend of God, and God loves me. I think most people sit in this seat and think, I hope I don't go to hell. I hope I'm saved. And I hope God loves me. But I really don't know. Now, I may be wrong. Probably am. But I think a lot of people have a relationship with rules. And I think most of what we have done has been built off of what we're against. We're not known for what we're for. We're known for what we're against. We're not known for what we can do. We're known for what we can't do. We're not known for relationship. We're known for rules. And all of that produces very little joy. When is the last time? Let me ask you a question. Seriously, this is going to sound foolish, but seriously. When is the last time you got out your rule book with your friend? And said, now I just want you to be aware of all the rules that we have. Now that sounds foolish, doesn't it? Sounds really foolish. But I think that's what this has become about. It's not the joy of my salvation. It's the rule of what I think I got to do to skirt into heaven. And let me ask you a question. If you built your friendship off of rules, you're going to be here at nine. 
and you're going to leave at 930 and you're going to do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Now, how many of you think that's going to be a really good, lasting, loving relationship? And yet that's what most people think that God wants from them. Why? If, if, if you have a person in your life that is angry with you all the time, you're always feeling judged by them. You're always feeling anger from them. How, how long do you think you're going to last in a relationship? And yet that's how that most of us were raised that he is always mad at us. It's all about the rules. You better serve God because it's fire insurance. And this morning, I'm just coming alongside you in the spirit of love. And here's what I want to say. If all that's working for you, then by all means, continue to do what you're doing. But I'm going to just tell you what I've observed. I've observed very little joy in the body of Christ. And it saddens my heart. Because we become about what we're against instead of what we're for. And we become about the rules instead of the relationship. And our mindset, here's what I think. And again, I may be wrong, but I think we need a transformation in our mindset. And we need to get a revelation of this. A number of things we need to get a revelation of. Number one, that God is our father. Not our employer. And we're not his employees. And God is not our genie. He is our father. And everything we receive comes from relationship. Not from I wish that God you do this. And I'm going to try harder to get you to do it. Here's what I think we need a revelation of. That we're absolutely sons and daughters and friends of God. I think that we need to get a transformation of our mind that God loved us so much that he went to the Calvary for us. And he did everything, not for himself, he did it all for us. And anytime the devil tries to come to you and tell you, God don't love you, you go back and you look at the cross and you say, devil, you're a liar. Nobody loved me more than Jesus because nobody but Jesus has gone to the cross for me. And when he went to the cross, he was all about raising me up, not about shoving me down. When he went to the cross, he was all about increasing me, not about decreasing me. I think we need to get a revelation, brothers and sisters, that we, according to Ephesians 2 and 6, we are seated with him by the Spirit. Okay. I'm going to say this again, and I'm acting things out so that hopefully the, the picture gets into your brain. We are seated with Christ, not beggars at an altar. It looks real spiritual for me to be in a prayer room. Tears running down my face and my eyes are puffy and mucus is running out my nose as I beg God to save and I beg God to heal. And you pass me and you think, oh, he is so spiritual. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Keep doing it. It looks real spiritual. And it looks like I love people more than God does. And yet I've never gone to a cross to die for one person. It just looks good. It's just like our standards makes us look good. Right? But we can have so much offense in our heart that we won't even shake your hand when you come down our aisle. But oh, we look good. Because it's all about looking good. But God said, I want you to do more than look good. I want you to be good. See, can I keep preaching? Okay. As believers, I want to share something with you. As believers, okay? This is very important. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm going slow because 
This is a whole mind shift, mind shift change that you got to start getting. And it's taken me a long time to get it. So I can't expect you to get it in one Sunday. But as believers, okay, in the spirit, we are positioned. Our position is we are seated with Christ. That's our position. Okay. Now, everything about your condition on earth can tell you the opposite of your position. Okay. Please, I'm, I'm asking you to please stay focused. This is very important. Because you may go home today and your house may be a house that is less than desirable. In other words, you may not want to invite anybody over because you're not really proud of where you live. And tonight, you may get in a recliner that is dusty and wore out, literally. And you wouldn't invite us over to your house to see your house or to sit in your recliner because you may not just be real proud of neither one of them. And so it's real easy for you to think, well, I don't live in a beautiful home and I've got a dusty old recliner, so I'm really nothing. But your condition on earth does not determine your position in heaven. You can live in something that you're not real proud of and you can be seated in a recliner that you may not want us to sit in. But your position in heaven is that you are seated with Christ. So your condition today does not determine your position in heaven. Can I keep going? Okay, so what you're going to see up on the screen, if they can help me, is you're going to see a, uh, you're going to see a pic of Christ on the throne. And then you're going to see a pic of King Charles III on the throne. See that? Okay, now you got to work with me. you got to have a little imagination. One king that is sitting on the throne, that is spiritual. Right now, as we speak, we believe that Christ is seated on his throne. Correct? Okay, so if you believe that, even though you're sitting on a pew in the mind of Christ, you are seated right next to him. That's the spiritual application of your life. That's how Christ sees you. Now, the pic that you see on the, on, on the other side is King Charles III, who was just crowned king of, of England. Now, his kingdom is an earthly kingdom. Right? Do you agree with that? Okay. God's kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. King Charles III is an earthly kingdom. But both thrones, both thrones, both King Charles III and Christ the King, both of their thrones represent authority. Do you agree with that? It's a throne is a seat of authority. Do you agree with that? Okay. Now look up on the screen. Let's, let's go to the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 18. This is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Next verse. Behold, that means now. That word behold means now. Now I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over All power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Okay. Now, Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. And here's what he's telling them. Satan's authority over people. I saw him fall. It's been broken. Satan's authority over people has been totally broken. 
Now I delegate my authority to you and you have all authority. Can you put that back up, please? All authority over what? Serpents and scorpions. Really, if you look that up, it's really talking about not literal snakes and scorpions. It's really talking about demon powers and principalities is what it's really referring to. Okay. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay. So now let me explain authority in this way. I should have given my brother heads up, but I didn't do it. I'm so sorry. Brother Roy Williams, I should have given you heads up. Come up here, please. I'm so sorry. I was going to ask you to wear your uniform. I've already asked you to do that, but I can't help myself. I'm going to ask you now. He didn't know I was going to do this, and I'm so sorry. But I'm doing it. Okay, Brother Williams, if you would, please. I need you to just sit right there. And just face the audience. Just sit right there. Okay, in case y'all don't know, Brother, Brother Roy Williams is our chief of police in De Quincey. We appreciate him, don't we? As the chief of police, he's been given de- delegated authority. First of all, all authority, Jesus said, comes from God. All right? That's where all authority comes from is from God. Right. And then next authority comes from the local government. So as the chief of police, as a police officer, this man right here does not have the physical strength. He does not have the physical power to take a chain and lasso an 18 wheeler. And hold the chain real tight and pull it until it stops. He doesn't, he does not have the physical power or strength to do that. Do you agree? He cannot. In other words, this man right here does not have the physical strength or the physical power to stop an 18 wheeler. Do you agree? But, Brother Williams, would you stand up? If this man stands up with his uniform on and holds up his hand, hold your hands up, please. And he is in the street with his hands up and his car has got lights rolling. And he stands up with his uniform on. And he holds up his hand, that 18-wheeler that he cannot lasso with the chain and make stop comes to a complete stop. Why? Because he has the authority. Now, I need you to work with me. You can be seated now, brother. Okay. Now, this man is no drama. Serious. That's a no drama man right there. So what I'm about to ask him to do is going to totally take him out of his comfort zone. (laughs) So far, I have not gotten a ticket, but after today, I might get one. Especially when I'm fixing to ask him to do what I'm fixing to ask him to do. I'm just doing all of this to try to give you a visual. Brother Williams, oh my God. Here we go. Here's what I want you to visualize now. I want you to visualize that he's in his full uniform and he's sitting out there, Brother Williams. I want you to put your hands in your head and act like you're crying. Now he's sitting. I want you all to visualize right out there by AT&T. And he's sitting there in his uniform on the curb crying. Y'all visualize it? You got it? Come on. I need some drama here. I know this ain't you. Come on. I'm so sorry.
All right, I need to help you a little bit more. Say, I've been begging these people. I'm pleading with this community. Okay, y'all getting it? He's in full uniform. He's sitting over there by AT&T. He is begging and pleading. You see him. You know Brother Williams. You see him. What do you do? You come over to Brother Williams. Keep begging, please. You come over and you say, Brother Williams, Chief, what's wrong? And he says, I've been begging these people to stop. And they won't stop. And they won't stop. <laughs> they ain't listening. They're not listening. I've been pleading with them. Oh, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> this town. This town, they don't act right. <laughs> don't act right. I can't get them to do anything. And you say, here's what you say. Well, chief, listen, I, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to be rude to you, chief. You're the chief of police and I respect you. But chief, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have the uniform on? Do you have a badge? Do you have a gun? So chief, why instead of sitting there begging people to stop, asking them to stop and nobody knows they can't read your mind anyway. They don't even have a clue why you're sitting on the curb. Why don't you take your authority that has been delegated to you, stop your crying, stop your begging. Now, please stand up. You getting it? That works a lot better, doesn't it? It works a lot better than sitting on the curb and saying, God's not listening. Nobody's listening. And I'm crying all these tears. I've been begging this community to stop. Somebody needs to say to you, do you have on the uniform? Do you have on the whole armor of God? That's one dollar, isn't it? Sorry. Just, just stay right there, please. Just, just stay right there. Here's what Paul says. I, I, I need you to, I need you to go. Here's what Paul says. Paul says in, in Romans 13 and 14. Check this out. But put on the Lord Jesus. What, what he's saying there? He's, here's what Paul is telling you. Become what you already are. You were already baptized with Christ. Now just become what you already are. Put on Christ like you would put on a bulletproof vest and go out there and do what God has called you to do. Lord Jesus like you would put on a parachute and die behind enemy lines and say I'm going to take back what the devil stole from me because I've been on the sideline crying and begging now I'm going to wake up to realize that I got the full armor All right, now look at Ephesians chapter uh, 6 and verse 13. But put on the what? The whole armor of God. Here's what I want to just talk to you, sweet people. Listen to your pastor who loves you deeply. You're not a beggar. You're not a victim. You're not pathetic. You're a child of God. You're a friend of God with delegated authority. Take what you have been given and go to your house. You can't ding me for this. I got to show it. Stand up and say, Satan, 
you're not welcome here. You're not welcome in this house. Chief Williams doesn't have to ask you to stop traffic. If traffic needs to stop, he takes his delegated authority. He walks out into that street. He raises up his hands. And you know, you better stop. Because if you don't, you're going to have the law on your, on your tail. Right? Why don't some of you, instead of all this begging and crying and pleading, you go to your house and say, devil, I want to remind you, I was buried in his name. His blood is applied to my life. I will not tolerate. I can't get into this and I can't, I can't even stay here, but I don't have to beg or plead for everything that the atonement paid for. That's why the 37 documented miracles in the gospel, Jesus didn't have to beg or plead because all he did was speak, command, or give an instruction because it was already his. Now, do I pray for my daily needs? Yes. Do I pray for God to open the door? Yes. But when it comes to everything Christ purchased for me on the atonement, I don't have to ask for that. I speak that. I command that. Satan, you're a liar. You're trespassing. You don't belong here. You don't belong in my mind. You don't belong in my body. You don't belong in my spirit. I resist you, Satan. I ain't crying to get God to do something he's already done. That's like chief crying to get you to do something that he's got the power and the authority to command you to do. Oh, the devil's just been on me. Well, stand up and tell the devil, you got to go in the name of Jesus. You're not welcome in this house. You're not welcome in my neighborhood. You're not welcome in my family. Can I keep talking? Okay. When you're in authority, I, I got to have a few more minutes. When you're in authority, when you're in the seat of authority, it's one thing to get in the seat. It's another thing to stay in the seat. Why? Because the enemy don't like you right here. It's like an old game I used to play. Um, when I grew up, we didn't really have, it was just the beginning of video games. We didn't have a lot of video games. We didn't have cell phones. So I played an old game. Some of you that's young, you may not even know this is a game, but... It was called King of the Hill. Has anybody, I'd like to see a show of hands so I don't feel like I'm the only one old. Has anybody ever played King of the Hill? Okay, cool. So if you say, Pastor, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Here's what King of the Hill is. King of the Hill, okay, see that right there? Is a game in which one of the players seeks to gain and maintain control of the high ground. And of course, here's the winner needs to ensure that the rivals go tumbling back down the hill. <laughs> Here's a thought that came to me last week. He's the king of the hill. He's the king of the hill. And I'm seated with the king of the hill. And the enemy wants to try to knock me off the hill. And he wants to try to knock me out of this seat. Why? Because when I'm in this seat, I got authority. When I'm in this seat, I don't have to take a bunch of junk from the devil. I don't have to go around begging and pleading and crying and snotting and asking God to do all this stuff that he's already done. I can come with joy before the Lord. I can have joy in my relationship. I'm one with him. He's in me and I am in him. Ha. And as long as I stay connected to the vine, my branches are going to bear the fruit of the spirit. And I'm going to take the fruit of the spirit and I'm going to defeat the devil with it. Okay, I got to keep hurrying. Y'all with me? Okay. Sister June's cold. Y'all cut this air up for Sister June. She's cold. I notice things when I'm sitting that I don't notice when I'm standing. Okay. Now, if you've never read Luke 15, I really encourage you to go read Luke 15. It's a powerful scripture with a lot of profound truths in it. Okay. Can't get into it, but please go read it. In Luke chapter 15, this is very important, so I need y'all to stay with me. Very important. In Luke chapter 15, there's two sons and there's one father. Now, this is very important. 
want you to get this, okay? It was the son's sin. It was the son's sin that took him away from the seat at the table. The father did not pull the chair out from under him. The son's sin is what caused him to leave the seat at the table. Okay? Here's the next thing that I want you to know. Sin is the source of all loss. Sin is the source of all loss. And here's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to get you to sin. Why? So he can get you out of the seat. Because if he can get you to sin and get you out of your seat of authority, now here we go. Your life starts to be a basket of barren regrets. Why? Because if you can sin, then it don't happen overnight. But guess what starts happening? Hey, y'all, check this out. I didn't even know this. That's the leaf I, I plucked off last week. Look at it. It's still a little green, but it's withering. That's what you'll do. You'll start withering. Check this out. Seriously, I didn't make any of this up. I plucked these. This one's already dead. That's what's going to start happening to you. Will I die? Not naturally, but spiritually. That's what you start looking like. See, that's why the enemy don't want you to stay connected to the vine. So he don't want you to stay seated. Because when you're seated, you got authority. But it wasn't when, when oh my God. When the son sinned, he took himself out from the father's house. The father didn't kick him out. Okay? Now, notice this. Y'all stay with me. Self is the source of all grief. When you do things that you know you shouldn't do, then guess what comes next? Shame. Condemnation. Guilt. And work with me now. Go back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid. Did God hide? They hid. You know why? Because now self takes you off of your seat. And it makes you hide. Because you know your sin, you know your shame, your condemnation, and your guilt. You don't want to stay next to somebody that that's holy. Like your friend God. So you take yourself out of the seat. God don't take you there. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that's trying to lead you to repentance. God's goodness is trying to get you back into your seat. Because he wants your life to be fruitful. Third thing the enemy shoots at you. It's called a fence. What is a fence? A fence is the lure of Satan. You can't ding me for this. A fence is the lure of Satan. Why? Because he's trying to get you out of relationship with God and your brother. Why is he trying to get you out of relationship with God and your brother? Because then your offense is going to be causing you to be disconnected from God and disconnected from your brother. And that's what your life will eventually end up like. Those are the fiery darts that he's shooting at you all the time. Why? Because he don't want you seated. Because when you're seated, you're at rest. Guess what? When you're seated, got to get this, got to get this. When you're seated, you're resting in what he's done, not what you do. Make sense? I'm just at rest. I'm not at rest in my performance. I'm not at rest in my accomplishments. I'm not resting in anything I've done. I'm resting in his righteousness. Okay. Now, I'm going to show you. I've showed you how to lose your seat. Here's how you lose it. I'm going to go over it one more time. Sin, self, and offense causes you to lose your seat. Okay. How do I gain my seat? How do I keep? How do I stay seated? You ready? This is so crazy. Surrender. This is nuts. Surrender. What I surrender to? His will. How often do I do that? Every day. And every day I stay surrendered, I stay seated. (laughs) Y'all, if this don't light your fire, your wood's wet. You hear me? I'm doing all I can to stay in this chair. Uh Uh-huh. 
Y'all with me? Surrender. Okay. Now, if you will, put back, put back Prince Charles and and Christ, please. I got to show y'all this. Do you think that Prince Charles got that throne through the weapon of surrender? No, he didn't. You know how he got that throne? Through his forefathers, they used a weapon called a sword. Why? Because that's all third dimensional stuff. You can only defeat you can only defeat humans, so to speak, and what's up on the earth with third dimensional weapons, a sword, a shield, a gun, a tank, a knife, a bomb. That's all third dimensional. But when you step into the fourth dimension, it becomes supernatural. How do you think, how do you think Christ won that throne? Through daily surrender to his father's will. Do, let, let me ask you this. Oh my God. Do you think that King Charles III ever used fruit as weapons against any of his opponents? No, he didn't. But what did Christ use as weapons against his? Fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. What do you mean by that? Self-control. I could call. Can't ding me for this. I could call. Tommy, would this hold me? I could call. Oh, my God. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Think about Jesus now. All powerful, all creator, created everything. Think about Jesus. He said, I could call down legions of angels, but I'm not because I love you so much. The fruit of self-control is going to keep me here. And my love is going to keep me nailed to this cross. So I can raise you up so you can be seated with me forever as a friend. So I'm not going to think of myself. I'm going to think of others. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to promise you this fruit was never used in the British empire to defeat an enemy, but it is used in God's kingdom to help you defeat the, the enemy. See, here, here's what, here's what you had to understand. When you're going to get up, your job is going to expect you to perform. You better perform or you won't have a job. But when you're seated here, it's not about your performance. It's all about his. It's all about what he's done for you. Okay. So how do I stay seated? Pastor, here's how you stay seated. Daily surrender. Just like Christ. Here's how I daily stay seated. Father, if there's anything in me, would you show me? Any sin in me? Creating me a clean heart. Here's the next way. I'm going to stop thinking about myself and I'm going to serve others. Because I am the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in the earth. Here's the next way. I'm going to keep all offense out of my heart because offense hurts all of my relationships with God and with man. So I'm going to keep a fence out of my heart. Does that make sense? Okay. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta stop, man. Oh man. I gotta stop. Okay. So now I'm going to, now I'm going to show you what, what I have started doing. Okay. So, and, and I promise you, after this, I'll stop, okay? Now, my prayer, now my prayer, when I go before God, it, 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 it does not include any type of begging or pleading. When I go to prayer, here's what I'm doing in the mornings. First of all, I'm starting off with worship because worship is also a way of surrender. I'm keeping God on his place and I stay in my place, right? That's surrender. God, I'm keeping you on your throne. I'm going to stay in my seat. So I start worshiping. I give thanks. Okay, this is what I do. I'm telling you what I do on a practical daily basis. I give thanks. I start thanking God for all he is. I start thanking God for the seven exchanges. I did it this morning. Father, thank you that you took my sin and gave me my salvation. Father, thank you. 
thank you that you took Adam's curse and you gave me Abraham's blessings. Father, thank you that you took my shame and gave me your glorious reputation. Father, thank you that you took my poverty and you gave me your abundance. I thank him for the seven exchanges. Okay, I worship him for who he is, not for what he's done for me lately. I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You say, I, I, I don't know about that. Just go to the Psalms, sweetheart, and personalize it. God is faithful. God is good. God is merciful. God is trustworthy. God is a rock. God is a refuge. God is your source, right? Just look through the Psalms. Personalize it. Pray all the Psalms, and you, you can spend a long time giving God thanks for who he is. God, you're my healer. You can go through the compound names of God. You say, what does that mean? Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Siskanu, my righteousness. All about God. Okay, so you give thanks. You give praise. Okay, then go. you can go into Ephesians chapter 1. Start with verse 17 and just start personalizing it. Start praying it. Then go all the way into Ephesians chapter 2 and go all the way to verse 10. That's what you can do. You can pray all of that and personalize all of that. And that's how I start praying. And then you can go in to start praying for your family, your friends, and those sort of things, your own personal needs. And then you can sit down, okay? Then I sit down and I say, okay, God, do you have anything you want to say to me today? Anything you want to speak to me? And I just get silent. I'm telling you literally what I do on a daily basis. I get silent. I just listen. And then if I don't feel anything, God don't show me anything, I don't sense anything, then here's what I do. I get up when I'm done. And I know my assignment for today is love God, love people. I'm to be an ambassador so that he may not show me everything, but I may get to a place and then all of a sudden God say, do this. I'm not getting ready. I am ready. Right. Because even though now I have gotten up, right, and I'm actually having to get up, come to the church, do things, I'm still seated with him. How did I stay seated? Through surrender daily. See, people, people have got you thinking your cross is something that you got to pick up and carry. Oh, this is just my cross. Oh, this is just my sickness. I got to carry it. It's my cross to carry. That's a bunch of baloney. God carried your cross and your sickness so you wouldn't have to do it. Oh, I just, no. You think for one minute that God wants your life to look like that? You got a distorted view of God. He wants you to see yourself as a friend. Seated with him. Make sense? Is this? Okay. Pastor, why have, why have you preached like this? Because here's what I know. We're not attracting the world right now. Most Christians look just as broke, busted, and disgusted as the world. There's very little joy in the Christian community and very little joy for one another. Here's what I would love for the culture of this church to be. This, I would love for the culture of this church to be a culture of joy. That we serve God out of delight not out of duty that we understand. I don't, all I got to do is stay seated in what he's already done and all of this other performance. Yeah. You got to perform for your job, but you don't have to perform for Christ. He already performed for you and he wants you to rest in that when Jesus, and I'll leave you with this. When Jesus says he rested from his creation, he ain't talking about, I'm tired. That's not what that refers to. It means that he rested with joy in what he'd already done. Come on, somebody. When he, when he talks about rest, he ain't talking about I'm tired. He's talking about I'm in joy as I look at what I've already done. He wants you to rest in him based off of what he's already done. And now here's, y'all check this out. You can't deem me for this. Y'all, this is powerful. You with me? And I'm done, I promise. Here's how I do it now. This is so foreign to all of us. Father, 
I come to you this morning and I stand in your courts clothed in your righteousness, qualified for everything you purchase for me. Not because I deserve it, because I don't deserve it, but because of your great love, you want to give it to me. And I receive it. Not as a wage, not as a prize, not as a reward, but as a gift. We're seated. We're seated. I love you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Power it's in this room. Thank you. Let the spirit of revelation be in this house. All right, my brothers and sisters, for me to end this well, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know you are seated with Christ. As you can, start resting. Start transforming your mind to rest in what he's already done. Here's what I want you to see as you leave today. I want you to see that you have authority in the spirit, just like Chief Williams has authority on the street. Faith, brothers and sisters, isn't something you try to get, work real hard at to get God to move. Faith just reaches out and accesses what God has already given. Okay, before you go, I want you to feel this. I want you to feel this when you leave. I want you to feel that you are empowered. You are empowered by your spiritual position and your friendship with Christ. And Christ has given you the authority to speak and to command and to release what's already been given to you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how you can really start changing the way that you pray. And start praying from a place of victory. And instead of begging and pleading for victory. In Jesus' name. Everything in our culture says, I hate silence. But everything in God's culture says, be still. Just know that I am God. Mm. I love you, Lord. Father, Paul never did pray for revival. Not one time in Scripture did Paul ever pray for revival. Pray, Paul. Pray, Paul prayed for revelation that our eyes may be open and enlightened to what we already have and to who we are in Christ. Thank you, Jesus.
I want us to just go to my faithful, old faithful. I'm going to switch gears on you, Kaylee. 